Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Come and fill this place, Holy Spirit. Amen. It's good to be with you this morning and worship. Um, like I said, my name is Tim Clark, and I'm, I, this is my, uh, a part of my internship as I finish up my, my, uh, uh, my master's degree at, at Perkins School of Theology. Um, so thank you. I'm thankful for this opportunity to bring the word uh, to you this morning. Uh, thankful to be a part of this church. So um, thank you uh, so much. Our scripture this morning, uh, continuing on our, our Lenten series about the last words that Jesus said from the cross, it comes from the gospel according to Luke. We'll start at chapter 23, verse 39, and going to verse 43. Here are these words. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding Jesus, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself. Save us. The other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God? since you are under the same sentence of condemnation. And we, indeed, we have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. He said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let's pause for a second and listen to what this scripture might have said to us. The scripture this morning is one that challenges us to think the way that we think about ourselves and the way that we think about each other. Well, at, at least causes me to think about the way I, I look at myself and the way I look at others. Because it occurred to me this week while I was getting ready for the sermon that we talk a lot about the cross in, uh, at worship and we sing a lot about the cross. The cross is a very important part of our faith and of our religion but it occurs to me that there is, there is nothing good about the, a cross. There is, nothing, there is nothing good about crucifixion. And I'm sorry that this is a, I'm sorry to bring it to, to that level already, but, but to think that this is where we are in our Lenten journey, is that a cross is, 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 is a form of violence. It is, a form, it, is, it, is, it is used as a weapon against Jesus and against two others on his sides. And it's a good reminder that our faith is not one that is born out of, out of, uh, out of only rainbows and, and, and of only healings and, and of only 
um, uh, good new, only good and only happy and, and, and understandable things. Our, our faith, this is a reminder that our faith is born out of, of Jesus' death on a cross, on Jesus' conviction of a crime, and Jesus being, being arrested that our faith is born of someone who was a criminal and he was killed for the message that he brought. That's what our Christian faith is about. And, and that's how it starts. So while we might sing about the cross and we, and we might think about what, uh, what kind of a sacrifice Jesus made on the cross and what God made on the cross for us, it's important to remember that this is a painful part of the story too. And so it is fitting to me that when Jesus is on the cross and some of the last words he spoke, some of the last people he spoke with were also criminals. Jesus, our story, our today, today our story contains characters that you might not expect when you, when you think about going to church because our, our story today contains two convicted criminals they were thieves. The Greek word, and I can't pronounce it. There are people in this congregation who know how to pronounce Greek words, and I don't, so I won't try. The, the Greek word used to describe these thieves was, is a word that describes a violent robbery. You, we would see them on, on the nightly news at gunpoint, using violence, using a weapon. That's the two people who are on either side of the Son of Man. These were, these were not innocent men who, who, were, uh, who like Jesus, were, were on the cross uh, uh, before for the, uh, the nonviolent example that they set. These were men who were arrested. And it is fitting that, that Jesus, who, who came, who ate with sinners... Who, who met with the lost and the lonely and the least of these people he, who, he was, who he, was, uh, he was chastised for being around. People who you and I, we would, we would, we, we would gossip about him. Did you be, can you believe that? Did you see who he was eating with? He was eating with Zacchaeus. He was eating with that tax gatherer, that rich man who steals all of our money, takes more than what we owe. Jesus is eating with him. Went to his house for dinner. This man even eats with sinners. It was uncomfortable. It's un I don't know about you, but I know about me. It's, it makes me uncomfortable because my response is always to, I, it's so easy to have that response of, oh, I don't want to associate myself with them. They broke the law. I don't want to associate myself with them. They are, they are, they're, they're despised. They are, they, they are mean, they, oh, they, they are outcasts, they, they don't look like us, they don't, they don't do the things that we do. They, they're on the outside. Or maybe they don't agree with me. They don't agree with me, and if anyone saw me eating with them, oh my gosh, what they would say about me. It is fitting that Jesus... Is talking to criminals when he's on the cross. 
One of the criminals hanged there kept deriding, saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and save us. It's easy to put yourself in the position of, of, of that first thief. All hope is lost. And you hear, and, and the thing is, is that Jesus has been traveling and, and speaking and gathering crowds. These thieves probably have heard him speak, or at least heard word of him. And so he says, you're the Messiah, right? Just like everyone else is shouting at him. Are you not the king of the Jews? Save yourself. Call the angels down. But this man is on the cross, and he, and he, and he is... He's lost everything, and he has nothing to gain. And, and his response is to, to join the crowd and, and to just to continue to, to chide Jesus. But it's out of desperation. You can hear it in his voice. You can hear him say, you're the Messiah. I'm dying here too. You're the Messiah. Can't you save yourself? Can't you save me? Come on. You're going through this with me. You, you know how painful this is. Save yourself. But the other understands that Jesus did not come to, to, to work, to do for himself. He did not come to use, to use any of the authority that he had. He didn't come to use that for his own gain. He came as a witness to us, and the other thief understands it. The other rebuked the thief, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? To me, that... That's, that's admitting that all three of them are, being, are, are, are all sentenced to death. And they know it. And, they can't, and, and this thief can't believe that he's with Jesus. We are condemned justly, this thief says. And we are getting what we deserve for what we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. He recognizes Jesus shouldn't be there. This should not have happened. This is not the way that a nonviolent man of God should be treated. And he says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And this, uh, he, this is a part, this is uh, taking part in a longer tradition of God remembering God's people because God remembers, you might know, God remembers Abraham. And he makes of Abraham and Sarah, he, he, he promises them a family and children, and God remembers. That's what the scripture tells us. God remembers Abraham and fulfills that promise. He makes a miraculous thing happen by giving Sarah a child. God remembers his people Israel. God remembers them when they are in Egypt, and he, he delivers them from slavery. God makes a miraculous thing happen. When God remembers, a miracle happens. And the thief asks for that. God, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus says, today, the words we hear today, today you will be with me in paradise. It's important to me that Jesus, when he's asked, remember me when you come into your kingdom, it's important to me that he doesn't say, now tell me what church you go to. He doesn't say, tell me your stance on original sin. He doesn't, tell, he doesn't say, I need you to say these words with your mouth and confess with your heart. He doesn't say any conditions. He doesn't say, tell me how you feel about inerrancy of scripture. He doesn't say, 
how do you, uh, how have you, uh, uh, how, how do you interpret this and that and the other? He just, he doesn't give a single condition for God's forgiveness. Not a single condition. Today you will be with me in paradise. What's on my heart today, and what this scripture convicts me of, is the way that you and I treat each other and the way that we treat one another. I'm not talking about you and I right here. I'm the way that we talk to each other. The way that we... You turn on the TV. I don't recommend it. And, and you get on, on, on the internet. You, you get on Facebook. The way that we talk to each other is on my mind. What's really on my mind, more importantly, are the 17 lives that were cut short last Wednesday, two weeks ago, in Parkland, Florida. 17 mostly teenagers. I mean, I, I went to public school. I, I'm so thankful that I'm safe. I'm so thankful that each of, each of our students here, that we're safe. But it really struck me this, this past two weeks. It's so easy. It's so easy to look at a criminal the way that is natural for us. It's so easy to look at the other and say, no, I thank thee, O oh God, that I am not like that man. It's so easy to say they get what they deserve. It is so easy to respond because I, I don't want to extend forgiveness to someone who I don't, I don't always want to extend forgiveness. And it makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. And that's why this passage convicts me so much is because the God that you and I follow is a lot different than that. The God that you and I follow does not take, does not shove the criminal away. The God that you and I follow does not push people who are lost away, does not push people who, who even violently break laws away. The God that you and I worship, and it makes me, it's so frustrating, it's so hard to do. The God that you and I worship forgives us unconditionally. He forgives even criminals. The people that you and I would not be caught in a room with. And that convicts me. It's not that I'm a murderer. I'm not a murderer. I'm not a thief. I'm not... I, that I haven't committed a, a grave crime or, or something like that. And I'm not about to tell you that, that uh, um, you know, having like a bad, having a judgmental thought is the same as murder. I'm not going to say that. It, there's, I'm not going to say that I feel like a murderer because I, I don't feel like a murderer. It's, it's, I, I want to be how, I want to make clear how serious this is that Jesus is that serious about forgiveness. 
that if Jesus forgives even a criminal, how much more will he forgive you and me? Jesus forgives me. And there are times I, I really don't want to be forgiven. I want to stew in my bitterness. I want to stew in the fact that I am a sinner. I want to have that sit. But the God that you and I worship forgives us unconditionally. The challenge that I have for, for, for me and for you, I hope, is to, to try as hard as we can to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to follow Jesus' example of forgiveness unconditionally, of incredible forgiveness. That the lost and the least and, and the worst among us, that's who Jesus came for. So how are we representing that love? How are you and I setting that example, showing that example? How are we living out this example? We should be different. We, we should be different. Christians, we should not be conformed to the ways of the world around us. We should be setting this example. It should make a difference, our faith, and the way that we treat each other. So I want, as, we, as, we, as I close, I want to ask the question, what are you going to do that will show the example of Jesus this week? What will you do to show the forgiveness that Christ offers even while he's on the cross? Think about your families, think about your work, think about the, the people you interact with in any way. How will you show that God came even for a criminal like the thief on the cross? I want to close in prayer, and what I want to do, is, someone told me recently that we... Um, I was asking about prayer, and someone said, we do a lot of talking in prayer. We don't often do enough listening. Uh, that's true for me. So I, I know that God is in the stillness. So what I want to do is, as I finish this, this message, that we be silent for a second and listen to God to see if God is saying something to you today. Let us pray. Guide us this week to be little Christs. Guide us this week to reflect your love and the witness that you gave to us. Guide us this week to lay down, lay down our, our bias, to lay down our selfishness, 
need to look at the others the way that you look at them. Beloved children, your people. Guide us this week. Amen.